This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. You are listening to ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Joining us now on the phone, the assistant coach to your Syracuse men's basketball team, Jerry McNamara. Mac Daddy, make you jump, jump. <laughs> What's up, brother? How What's we doing, up, Mac? Your buddy Pauly just came in here to remind us that uh, you're coming up against Kansas this weekend, and that's got to have a special place in your heart. He was there when you guys beat him for the national championship. Yeah, thanks for reminding me that. You know, I need that reminder going into playing a team like this. Yeah, and these guys are. You know, they're they're. You know, I've seen a lot of the, the teams this year. I think these guys are are probably the best team that I've watched. Yeah, what makes them so great then, Jerry? What, what what would make you say that? Well, I think it's a little different. You know, I, you know, typically a Kansas Bill self coach team is going to be two, you know, two big guys, multiple big guys. I think you know, with the absence of of Billy Preston, um, you know, going through some some issues as far as uh, you know, I don't want to get into the NCAA things, but he's not on the court, you know. And I think what that forced them to do was play four guards in the starting lineup, and you know, it's really worked in their favor. And when when you look at they're shooting forty five percent as a team from the three and. You know, it's amazing. You know, everybody puts a number on that 50%. You know, if, if you shoot 50% from the field, you're incredibly efficient. And when you talk about their guard play, every single one of their guards is shooting 50% except one. And the guy that's not happens to be one of the front runners for National Player of the Year in Devontae Graham and is coming off scoring 35 points and five assists and five rebounds against against. Toledo. You know, I think the one thing that Graham hadn't done this year was break out offensively. What he has done, you know, for a good stretch of the early part of the season, he was leading the country in assists. And, uh, you know, he finally broke out, you know, not for our sake, but, you know, for their sake, he broke out offensively against Toledo, going for 35 and 5 for 8 from the 3. You know, he was previously only 8 for 28 from the 3-point line. And, you know, I had I you know I have this scout, so I had already had it down to our guys. Like, don't let these numbers fool you. He was a forty percent three point shooter last year, and you know he certainly proved it last game. But I think, you know, when when you talk about the teams that we played, and they've you know we're all part of the same same tournament. You know, with Texas Southern, Oakland, and Toledo. You know, we thought a twenty four point victory against Oakland was really good. You know, wow, we played well, and they go and trouble by you know I think it was forty three, and then they play Toledo, and I think they beat them by you know, 42 or whatever it was. So, you know, they've beaten some really good teams by big numbers, and I've watched all these games. And, you know, the one thing they've done a great job of early, and I know all these games are at Fog Allen where they play great. They don't lose there. Uh, but one thing they've done a really good job early is taking teams out of their offense and overplaying and being aggressive and turning their defense into their offense. They're so good in the open court, and when they're shooting so effectively from the three-point line, you know, not just that the fact that they're shooting so efficiently from the perimeter, it's the fact that all four of them can also handle and go off the bounce and make plays for themselves. And, you know, when they're getting out in transition off of their defensive uh, aggression, you know, they're creating opportunities in the open court that teams just can't compete with. So um, these guys are lethal in the open court. They can turn it on you in a hurry. And if they're shooting it at a high level like they've been, they're very, very difficult to beat. Well, some of the things that I noticed in watching the Maryland game, which I was really happy to see, uh, certainly Syracuse proved that they can rebound by committee, that without the presence of a you know a game-long dominant big man in the paint, which stereotypical, like you said, usually you've got twin towers coming at you at Kansas traditionally yeah. over the years. You know, so they decided to spread this thing out because they've got a guy who's out, and they've gone to this four-guard, which is very different than stereotypical – KU basketball. But what it I is. liked about, about SU was they did rebound by committee. Um, uh, 
also, you know, you create yourself opportunities by driving to the basket. Now that we're not driving into traffic that's really, really congested with big men, which is what you'd probably be up against on a, on a normal Kansas program, you know, we can get to the foul line and we can create some matchup problems in the second half. We can get them into foul trouble. So I think going to the basket in this game is going to be important. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I, th- I, I think the ones and, and, and if we're going to shoot three for 18 we <laughs> from the three-point line, we better get to the basket, you know, that, and that's what we shot the last game. But yeah, 16.7% threes, that was not good. Not very good, not very efficient. So, you know, I, I think the one thing, the guy that we haven't talked about for them, the one big guy that they do have is an absolute monster, Yudoke Azubuke. And, you know, the one thing we need to do, against these guys you got to elevate him a little bit because he is really effective around the rim changing altering shots blocking shots but rebounding as well and um you know the the, the really you know productive area we've we've consistently been in this year is something that you know historically we've struggled in when you play zone you're a little bit more vulnerable to rebounds um you know but but daniel i do agree with you i mean we've done it by committee even matthew moyer who hasn't found you know, the consistent minutes on the court that he would like to see. He's proven when he's on the court he can re- rebound. O'Shea's proven he can rebound. The two-headed monster and Pascal and Brahma can rebound. Marek's come in and rebound. We've been better from the guard position in that area this year than we have in the past. So, you know, it's going to take all five of our guys from every position to rebound the basketball, especially if you're going to face a team that's scoring 42% of their offense from the three-point line right now. Not that they're incapable of getting to the basket, which they you know, are more than capable, you know, but they've been so effective. You know you're going to force shots against the zone, and uh, you know, we're going to have to have all five guys on the perimeter rebounding. But you know, one of the things, these guys are pounding people. They're pounding people on the glass. They're plus nine. Um, but so was Maryland. Maryland was a really good rebounding team. And the one thing we were able to do was we were able to out-rebound them. We were plus six. You know, but the biggest number of all those rebounding numbers were the 19 offensive rebounds we had. And, yeah, for sure. You know, these guys do such a great job of, of taking you out of your stuff and being aggressive and playing passing lanes. Well, maybe if you are on the weak side, you can create an advantage. Or if you do elevate as a bouquet on the perimeter and pick-and-roll game, we'll have an advantage at one of these other areas, whether it be Makai look on – O'Shea Brissett or, you know, a Malik Newman on a Matthew Moyer. Can we can we manufacture offense from the offensive glass? I think that's an area that, you know, when you play a team like this, um, you know, you want to try to capitalize on if they're for, playing four guards. Now, the, the only downside to that, if you go for it and you send three guys to the offensive glass and you don't get it, it's like we just talked about. These guys are more than capable that if we don't get it and they get the rebound and they're going out with – you know, numbers in transition on a plus side where they're three on two or four on three. Uh, that's where these guys are, are, are really, really difficult to stop. On the phone, Syracuse assistant coach Jerry McNamara. One of the things that I noticed was, you know, and I guess it's easy when you're sitting in the stands, you know, and you're watching the game. But, you know, how we didn't we lost track of Hoida uh, from from Maryland, you know, after he I think he was you know, like seven for nine from three point range. But particularly near the end of the game, I mean, I think everybody and his brother expected this kid to shoot the ball, and somehow he's wide open for a three and and, and draws the game close again with seven seconds left. Is that a concern for you, that you lost track of this guy during that game sometimes? Well, it's a concern if it comes from your breakdown. You know, when you go back and look – Kevin hit some really, really deep shots, and, and, and things change. I mean, that's the reality of it. Is things change by personnel, and, and one thing we've always been able to do in our defense, you know, whether it's man or zone, you're always going to adapt to who you're playing, your opponent. And 
you know, he hit some shots from the top of the key in the second half that were, you know, six, seven, eight feet behind the line. The last one he hit to cut it back to one was absurd. Was absurd. You know, the guy's got an absolute stroke. And, um, you know, the, the, the one of all the, of all the, there's two shots of all the ones that he hit that really concerned me. Uh, one was off a breakdown in the first half where we lost him in the corner, and it was off a high post touch. And then the one in transition that gave them the lead where they pushed pace in transition, it pushed all five of our guys into the paint, and then they hit him trailing three-point line. That's the one we're not going to be able to afford to give up to these guys. And uh, the one in the corner in the first half is correctable. The ones in the second half, you know, they're correctable. But, you know, this guy was shooting at a different, you know, he, he was shooting from, from Fayetteville, you know. I mean, the guy was, was incredible the other night. Really, really great individual performance. But, again, that goes back to, you know, things change as the game develops, and you have to be able to adapt. And uh, the one in transition is the one that really scares me with these guys. If you allow them to push pace and touch the perimeter, I'm sorry, touch the paint, uh, they're going to have opportunities to kick out to the perimeter. And, you know, the one thing that we talked about yesterday at length, and especially in my group with the guards, is, when they get a post-touch and they kick it back out to the perimeter, it's going to be crucial for us to, when we close out, you know, I've always said to my guys, if I ask any one of them, you know, what's the most difficult thing in basketball to do, they'll all say close out, because I really believe that. I think it's the hardest thing to do is close out on a good basketball player. And if, if we're in situations where we have to close out on these guys, we better do a really good job of keeping people in front, because if you close out and you get beat by that guy and the next guy's forced to help, they're going to keep you on the run. And uh, if you watch some of these good NBA teams like the Spurs, the one thing they always do is if they get you on the move, they keep you on the move. And, um, you know, these guys, you know, in transition, we're not going to be able to lose them. And if we do and we're forced to close gap, we have to close back, close gap effectively and keep these guys in front of us. Mac, we are really, really hopeful that if we can even draw, even with them on the boards, win the turnover battle and shoot a little bit better from three-point range, we're going to be in this game, Mac, and we're praying for you, buddy. You know we love you here. And, uh, and we'll be watching the game on the edge of our seat. Best of luck yeah, with guys, Candace. Listen, I'll, I'll say one thing. I think the one thing about this team we have is, is uh, you know, I think they've proven early that they're willing to scrap and fight and get on the deck. And, um, you know, we're hoping that, that, that those 50-50 balls and the things like that that make a difference at the end of this thing is, is hopefully where we're at. We're getting on the floor, making plays where our zone is active and creating deflections, maybe a few turnovers, staying even on the glass. Make Hope to God, knock on wood, you make a few more threes and, uh, you know, we know our guys are going to go down there and fight for it. Jerry McNamara, thank you so much for your time, brother. Thanks, Jerry. All right, guys.